0: This is the Living Clean Podcast. This podcast is not meant to replace meetings, sponsorship, step work, or service. This podcast is meant to be another tool in your recovery toolbox. Our guests are here to share their experience, strength, and hope with recovery through Narcotics Anonymous. Thank you for joining us. All right, welcome back to the Living Clean Podcast. This is another bonus episode. Today's going to be January the 27th and like I said before I don't know how long we're going to keep doing this but here we are again for the fourth day. Um, So today we're going to do something a little different. We're going to actually, I've actually got a special guest with me and we're going to cover one of the paragraphs out of the Living Clean in the Relationship section. It's um, It's actually on page 147 and it's under the section that talks about being a parent. Uh, So before I introduce my guest, I'm going to read the paragraph, and then we'll introduce the guest, and they'll share on this for a minute, and we'll have a little back and forth, and hopefully start y'all's day off right and start our day off right. So Here's the paragraph. This comes out of The Living Clean. It's the third paragraph on the page of 147. It says, If we have been separated from our kids for a while, We may need to get to know each other again as we learn to deal with each other. There is often a struggle when we reunite with our children. They have their feelings about what has happened and it can be painful to acknowledge them. Our relationships with our children can be poisoned not only by the damage we do in our addiction, but the guilt and shame we feel for what happened. Self-loathing is just another form of self-obsession and blinds us to the needs of the person in front of us. When we get out of the way, we find that we can be good parents at any stage of our children's lives, even if they are already adults. We still have something to offer them. Our experience with selfless service in recovery teaches us that if we show up with willingness, the opportunities for us to help will naturally appear. So, I'm going to bring in my special guest. It's Kayla S. Kayla, how are you?
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing good.
0: Okay, so just uh, so everybody's up to date, and if they haven't listened to your episode yet, uh, what's your clean date, and where's your home group?
1: I'm Kayla. I'm an addict. My clean date is March 18th of 2020, and my home group is newcomers here in Home Boom boom, all
0: right, so we were talking about doing something for today, anyway, and this you said when I asked you one of the things that I always like to share about is being a parent, so uh why is that why is that so special to you?
1: It is my favorite topic to discuss first and foremost, because I don't think it gets talked about enough. Like, the struggles it is for a parent, whether you're single or you're getting your kids back or you just lost your kids or you're just trying to figure it out, you know, along with your recovery. I don't think we are vulnerable enough at times to talk about where our feelings are with that because we feel guilt and shame, or at least I know I did. I was very shameful, and I felt like I didn't have the right to feel the way that I did in my early recovery, and even sometimes today, I still struggle with with that
0: by children. Yeah, and I and I'm I, I love the fact that the Living Clean decided to touch on that because it is a part of, you know, the journey that a lot of times is not covered very deeply in the basic text. So to go and extend on that topic, uh is something that was pretty cool. Um so you know, for you when you were when we were reading that, and it and it talks about the part where, you know, if you've been away from your children, if you've been separated from your kids for a while, we may need to get to know each other again as we learn to deal with each other. So what's your experience been like with that?
1: Well, I feel like if I'm being realistic, I don't think I ever really knew my children prior to me getting clean. I was physically in their life, but I wasn't mentally or emotionally available for them. Prior to me getting clean. So to say that I was learning my kids for the first time when I got clean is the absolute truth. Like I was never separated from my kids for too long. Like I lost custody of them and there was a time time span where I couldn't see them and I couldn't really talk to them. But that didn't last long. It like transferred into um, where I had visitation and it was supervised. And then it gradually went, you know, where I wasn't supervised for a while, but I didn't have, I didn't get custody of my kids until I had three and a half years clean. And, you know, it was a learning process for all three of us. Like my youngest child didn't remember me, you know, ever being an active addiction. And I took my oldest child, you know, through the trenches, like he seen me at my worst and he was there, my right hand man through it all. And he was, you know, he was becoming a teenager when I got him back and he struggled, we struggled and the mom guilt just ate at me and I had no boundaries with him and I'm just now learning how to set boundaries with him, healthy boundaries that way, you know, me and him both can have a healthy relationship and he can learn like how to live his life productively.
0: Yeah, and I guess kind of just touch on some of the struggles that you deal with uh what with setting those boundaries and 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 like give me an example uh, for the people listening of you know a situation that was really hard for you and setting those boundaries,
1: so my kid does not like school; he is not you know I'm a go getter when it comes to classes, so he really struggles in the willingness of wanting to keep his grades up and maintain them so he has all these um, devices like most kids do now. He's got a PC. He's got a PlayStation 5. He's got all the gadgets and the gadgets. So when he fails a class and I take something from him, and if the grade hasn't come up, he can come into me and manipulate me and say just the right things, and I want to break down my walls and be like, okay, you can have it. It's fine. Just take it. It's all okay.
0: Well, let's get – uh. Let's get real vulnerable and talk about what feelings do you feel whenever he comes in and asks you for those things and you have to say no. Like, what does it make you feel like?
1: It makes me feel like I'm a disappointment to him, like I'm letting him down, like he looks at me like I'm not a good mom. Like, I feel like all those old feelings from when I first got clean her because I can see the same look in his eye and sometimes I feel like it's a form of manipulation on his part because he knows how to press my buttons because, like I said, he's been there from day one with me, good, bad, indifferent and he's walked through it with me, so he knows how to, like, really get my emotions up and going.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, I guess all that factors in from from y'all's past, like you were saying, and, you know, I guess you feel like you want to give them everything that they absolutely want to make up for lost time or whatever, if that may be the case. So, you know, I can see the challenges in that. Is, is that kind of like, is that, is that kind of how you see it too?
1: Yeah, it's like exactly how I see it. I just want them to have, for one, everything that I was never given in my life. So, I, you know, because addiction and codependency ran ra- rampant when I was growing up and I was always the parent to my parents. So I think I struggle with knowing boundaries with my kids as far as what their roles are. And I think the chapter or the paragraph before the, chap- the paragraph we read actually touches on that. Is like, what is a child? What is their responsibilities? What is a parent's responsibility? And, you know, when we're entering into the recovery world, we are just now growing up ourselves. So trying to figure it out for both myself and my child and both my kids, there's a big age gap between my kids. They're seven years difference. And I also have a lot of mom guilt with my oldest because I'm more vulnerable and available and more nature nurturing and loving towards my youngest than I am my oldest because I just really didn't have that time with my oldest. So it's just easier for me to be more of a friend to my oldest than be a mother.
0: Yeah. So I know there's been challenges with setting these boundaries, but are you seeing any type of results that's positive?
1: So this last go around, when my son decided he was gonna have an F and stick and stay with it, I stuck and stayed with my boundary. And he would come to me, and he would beg, and he would plead, and he would text me, and he would cry. And I stuck to the boundary. And like school was out for three weeks basically because of the weather here, and he didn't have his PC the whole time. And it felt like it was breaking my heart, but I was really proud of myself. Like that I was able to hold that. And it was either the second or the third day school opened back up. He texted me. I guess he was on the bus and he texted me. He's like, did I get my grade up? And I had already knew prior to him texting me that he had his grade up and I was going to surprise him by having the internet on. But he already knew. Like, he went to school and he put in the work. And just him being responsible enough to suit up and show up for his own shit, like, that really let me know, like, I did the right thing. Especially, you know, because I failed so much in that department already this year, so or this school year.
0: Well, I don't necessarily think it's a failure.
1: Well, to me, that, so there's another feeling. It feels like I'm failing my child when I can't stick to that. And then I get in my head, and then I start thinking this whole, it's like a domino effect. I start with one minor negative thought, and then it's like a big mountain full of thoughts. Because that's what I've struggled with the most in my recovery, is. My relationships with my kids
0: yeah well i i don't it doesn't matter whether you're the uh the daughter of a preacher or you're a woman who grew up and came out of the crack house and had kids it don't matter like in either scenario it doesn't come with a handbook so there's a it's a growing experience and it's a lot of ups and downs and I've never met anybody that had it totally figured out, you know, so it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a struggle at times, but I'm glad that you can see the progress in holding that boundary because, you know, it's, uh, it's hard, not like, not just with kids, with anybody, like we want everybody to like us and to think good of us. And, you know, sometimes a boundary is the very thing that we have to do that. They may not like us, but they will respect us. And it's all about, like, what are we setting, setting them up for in the future? You know, like, because the world's going to have boundaries. You can't just go up to a car and say, I like that radio and bust the window out and grab the radio without consequences. Like, you know, there's boundaries, there's laws, there's limits, and, you know, all that stuff kind of starts at home when you're a kid. You know, learning about consequences and things like that. And anyways, uh, do you have any questions?
1: I'm sure I have a few. So I've been a parent since, you know, I gave birth. And I know that you recently become a parent that started out as a step parent, you know, quote unquote label. And, you know, you've gradually stepped into the role, especially in their eyes as, you know, their father, father figure. I want to know what it's like on your side. Like, how does it feel walking into a child's life and becoming a parent, I guess, at the halfway mark? or.
0: Well, I'll say this. So, I think everybody looks back at the way that they were raised is kind of an example. And it's either I want to kind of do what they did, or I want to make sure that I don't do nothing like they did. And I think either way is, is not reality. You're going to take a little bit of the good. You're going to take a little bit of the bad, and you're also going to make it your own in a certain way. And, you know, for me, I guess, I guess growing up playing sports and, and, and having a football coach who was related to me, like he's the one that taught me about discipline and about loving somebody enough to tell them what they don't want to hear or to set a boundary with them. And when I grew up and look, I don't know how he did it because he must, well, he don't have this disease. (laughs) It's one reason, but I hated his guts. Like I hated him. You know, I could not stand him when I was growing up while he was holding all those boundaries and staying on my ass constantly. But as an adult, when I look back, there's nobody throughout my whole raising that I respect more than him. Uh you know, uh I would also in- include my mother in that. Like my mother was not easy going. When I was with my dad I got everything that I wanted. You know, until he got to a point to where he couldn't do that, but my mom was never like that. Like she she was like if you you want something you're going to earn it. Uh she had tough love. You know, she didn't hold back. She would ground me and do different things like that I never experienced with my dad. So I didn't like her either. I didn't like people who did that to me. But when I look back on it, I just try to look at it as an adult. I know exactly where their heart was. And I respect them and and I'm grateful that they loved me enough not to be you know not to try to be my friend but to try to because when I got my shit together when I got clean their lessons and things like that are what I thought back to you know and it's, it's some of the things that I try to apply here and it's like I was sharing in that meeting earlier it's not fun being the disciplinarian all the time either it's hard but it's, um, I think love is what allows me to do that, you know, I love them enough to think about their future, and guess what, they may not, you know, they, they may hate me for a while, but I think once they, uh, once they grow up and look back on it, they'll be able to see, and once they have their own kids, they'll damn sure know then that it was all out of love, and, you know, and that, that's kind of where I'm at with it, and it's, uh, I guess another thing i'd want to say is i had no idea what kind of a blessing it was going to be um it gives you another sense of purpose like i felt like when i got my job this time this job that i got you know in the treatment field i felt like i found my purpose when i started serving in an a i felt like i really found my purpose but you know when they came around when you came around, that's when I found my real purpose and uh so my ultimate goal in life has kind of changed. you know I want to be able to leave them with you know something that they can take with them and pass on and and give to their kids or and so on and so forth, and things that are gonna help them in the future you know so anyways,
1: I mean, I can get real vulnerable and let the whole world know, or whoever listens is. This- You know, here, I don't think I give you enough credit because sometimes I'm not very mindful of you. You know, you're just walking into the picture four years, four years ago. And, you know, sometimes I expect you to know what you're doing or know how to handle a situation. And I can just look at you or handle it in a very disrespectful or angry manner and just be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? So I just really don't think I give you enough credit for all the, you know, what you have taken on. Because I when I when we moved in together and we got married, you know, I took you on. You took three whole people on, like three different personalities, three different crazy people, like you know, and you've done it with grace and so caring and loving and I don't give you enough props for that. So props Mason. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, you give me plenty of credit. <laughs> yeah. You do a lot for me and I'm the one that's lucky. It's not that I Y'all didn't, I didn't take y'all on. Y'all had to take me on. And that's a fucking handful.
1: Well, I think it was a team effort here. I think <laughs> yeah. that's why it works so good. Like. Yeah.
0: Yeah, all you got to do is ask around and everybody, nobody asks, how do I put up with Kayla? Everybody asks her, how do you put up with that son of a bitch?
1: <laughs> well, you know, I think it's because we're polar opposites in absolutely every as- aspect of our life. that it has no choice but to work.
0: Yeah, and that's something that, you know, I always thought growing up that you had to find somebody that was identical to you and we liked all the thing, same things, we listened to the same music, we had the same thoughts and ideas about everything. We, you know, voted for the same people, we we, you know, we had the same beliefs and we had the same higher power and all this shit, but realistically I guess the old saying holds true that opposites attract because in a lot of ways we are opposite. Um, We have, you know, we have different ideas about a lot of things and different ways of doing a lot of things, but I think that's what makes it perfect. You know, where I am weak, she is strong and vice versa a lot of times. Uh, So it's a good team effort and, you know, it's uh, not either one of us. I don't think. Uh, would like the task of trying to keep this house together or or raise the kids without the other uh, you know so i'm just grateful that we get to do it together
1: me too me too
0: all right well i think we could go on forever with this but
1: uh, well i have two other things to say okay go for first it. first i want to say like i cannot you know address the gratitude that i have for the prior women going through the hell that they went through to get their kids, raise their kids, have their kids, all the things that involve kids, you know, in order for when I walked through the door, they were ready to show me and guide me and, you know, teach me to become teachable in order to be able to become the mother that I am. Sometimes I don't give myself enough credit for, you know, how far I've come, especially as far as it, you know, involves my kids because sometimes I still look at myself as, day one mother, like, you know, not having my shit together, not knowing what I'm doing. And, you know, that's just not the case in all reality. Like, I used to have to call my sponsor or at least another addict in recovery and ask, like, is this okay? Like, should I be doing this? Like, I didn't even know how to cook for my kids when I first got clean. Like, I didn't know, I didn't know how to do a lot of things. Like, I didn't know that there was no routine. There was no cooking dinner. There was no, like, bath. There was no, like, set time for a bath and like i have all those things and i forget to you know give myself props for that because of everything that i've ever had to face in recovery whether it's early or now or going forward i'm sure it will be the same the hardest thing for me is being a parent because we do want to get it right and as mothers we you know we're perfectionists and we think that we have to know all the answers and the right answers at that and when we don't get it right or we feel like we're failing like It just feels like a dumpster fire and it's really not the case. So if I do want to say if you're early in recovery or if you're struggling as a parent, like just don't give up no matter what, like you're doing a good job. And the biggest thing that I did for myself was I gave myself time to heal.
0: Mm.
1: Like I kept trying to bring my kids into the matter and I was broken and broken me was not good for them and broken you will not be good for your kids. So. The best suggestion that I could ever give another person, whether it's a father, mother, grandparent raising their child, is just give yourself time to get your shit together because I built a foundation and then I brought my kids home. And I had an army on standby, still do, that is willing to help me with my kids at the drop of a phone call or a text message or whatever the case may be.
0: Yeah, and I I guess one more thing I'd like you to touch on, too, before we wrap it up, is I know that somebody out there is currently in that process, that long process that you went through, that three-year process of uh, regaining custody. And, you know, at the beginning of that, because I remember when we first got together, like, that wasn't even on the table. It was like, oh, that's never happened, you know. So. You know, I just want you to share a little bit about that, just to kind of be a hope shot for, you know, that that mother that's out there right now that, that feels like this is not a possibility.
1: Okay. So, he's right. When we first got together and when I had six months, even when I had a year, year and a half clean, in my mind, I thought that I was never going to get my kids, that it wasn't possible for me, that, you know, I had broken... I had broken our relationship and I had broken the system so much that it just wasn't an option for me. And my sponsor kept telling me, you know, what God has in store for you, can't nobody take from you. Not a judge, not another motherfucker. Can't nothing at the end of the day when it's God's time for you to have what is yours. Can't nothing take it away from you. And I held on to that. Like she would have to remind me daily sometimes, but it was the most monumental statement. Or profound statement that anybody could have ever said to me because I mean, I'm living proof that you know what God has for you, can't nobody take away from you. And it is hard, it, is, it was the most painful journey that I've ever had to go through this far being clean because I did beat myself up. I thought that I needed to be way further ahead than I was, but now looking back, I'm so grateful that I had that time. And at some point, in all that I let go of trying to fix manage and control the situation because you know it needed to be on God's time not my time because I'd proved time and time before when I'd lost my kids prior that you know when I fixed managed, and controlled and manipulated the system and you know did what I had to do to get my kids back immediately for that instant gratification of just having them with me physically it ended very negatively you know and what it I felt like it, you know, resulted negatively for me, but it was more so for them because they have they had emotional damage and you know, that's very detrimental to children and it just hurt my pride and ego and it hurt my feelings too, but in all reality it hurt them more. So just give your time, be patient with your time. Allow yourself to heal. It's it sucks. I know it does, but you got to keep going.
0: Yeah, and I can't emphasize enough like being on the other side and uh being with her through that, like I don't like for her to say it's hard is an understatement. Like she scratched clawed, hung on to whatever she could just to get through another day, uh, you know, and you know, when I think I think when she started to find some relief with the situation is when she, you know, started to work on her step work and started getting connected and started to accept that, you know, I'm going to have to do this work regardless. And, you know, when she kind of let go of all that, it's really when things started happening for us, you know, and for you and, and that whole process. And, you know, the turnaround that she made, like she said, there was nobody everybody became aware that she needed her kids back because it was just, it would have been damn right criminal not to let her have them after the turnaround that she made. You know, so if you're out there struggling with that, just keep your head up, keep fighting, grind, scratch, claw, do whatever you got to do, Uh, but hang in there. Miracles fucking happen in this program. You know, there's only one promise But there's many gifts that happen, and I've seen some crazy shit happen, you know, so. Talking
1: about miracles and crazy shit happening, the person that had custody of my kids through all the time I didn't have them, you know, I used to lay in bed and fantasize about how I could get away with murder, and, you know, I would pray to God to, you know, have something tragic happen, but... Today, the beautiful thing that Narcotics Anonymous and working the steps and working on myself, me and that person, like he's the grandfather of my kids, me and that person have a beautiful relationship. Like, it's not just me and Mason raising my kids. It's me and Mason and him. And, you know, like I just said, only through working the steps and through the program and through other people teaching me how to be teachable through this whole thing. Like we're able to have this beautiful family, dysfunctional family at that, but it's beautiful. (laughs) And, you know, I could never have pictured it to go this wonderful. And I'm just so grateful that he didn't give up on me and he didn't give up on my kids. And I'm so grateful that he was there to raise my kids when I couldn't, like, I cannot say that enough. Like there was a time I couldn't say that, but today it's, it's really a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah. And kudos to him, too, for, you know, seeing that change in you and doing what was right because he didn't have to. That's right. You know, legally speaking, like, he did not have to do that. And, you know, but, you know, so kudos to that. And, you know, when when once you get your life to a certain point, though, it just becomes so apparent. Like, I don't know if he, you, you made it, you made the decision so difficult that, <laughs> you know, it was like. I don't know if he could have lived with himself had he not done it. Just because you were doing so good, you know, and it. Hey, he went through his struggle too. Like that was hard. Yeah. You know, you got to think about that. Like that was a tough transition for him. You know, because you know, he was he was overwhelmed with fear and ate up with all that. But I think now that we've all walked through that fear and we're all on the other side of it, what a beautiful thing that we all have now. And I wouldn't want to trade it for anything. It's uh, imperative that we keep doing what we were doing that that got us there, though. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm going to keep doing because I don't want to lose it. It's so good now. I don't want to lose it.
1: It's so good now. I can't picture life prior to this. Like it's it's almost impossible to picture life prior to what it is now. Cause it's just so so beautiful and so I'm just so grateful. My heart is full.
0: Me too. Me too. Well, I love you, and I love all of y'all out there listening. This has been another episode, bonus episode. Uh, If you're a fan of the Living Clean Podcast, you are making out like a bandit this week. And, look, I hope to keep, you know, I hope to be able to keep putting some content out there. And I want to hear from you out there, too. Uh, I want to hear from the mothers out there. Look us up on our Facebook page, the Living Clean Podcast. Uh, I want to know about your story with, you know, either maybe you're in the, the battle of getting your kids back or or maybe you've, you're have you on the other side of that now. I want to hear your story. We're interested. So hit us up on the Facebook page or hit me up on the phone number, 931-306-9364. Uh, let us know how you're doing with it. And until next time will see you. Then. Thank you for joining us on our Living Clean podcast. This is another platform that we can share our message of recovery, which is an addict, any addict to stop using drugs, lose the desire to use and find a new way to live. Join that no matter what club. You can contact us through text. The number is 931-306-9364.